This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. This is Conversations on Discipleship, and I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Father Brett Garland. He's the pastor of St. Mary's in Delaware. Um, great to have you, Father. Um, you know, um, to kind of touch up, so um, towards the end of your story um, and, and um, early, in our earlier conversation, part of our conversation, so you went to public public school there, did, Washington yeah. Courthouse, or mm-hmm. um, it wasn't I, I Miami went, Trace. I went to Miami it? Trace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You say that like it's a bad thing. Well, <laughs> you know, it could be worse. It could be Greenfield McLean. That's but. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both grew up in Southern Ohio, yeah. so yeah, we have similar rivalries. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> but um, then, so when did the the thought of the priesthood begin? Sure. Yeah, uh, I think it it really started. With, um, with being immersed in the liturgical life of, of the parish. So before I was the spectator, like I said, just kind of squinting to try to figure out, could I see things differently? <laughs> mm-hmm. But not really knowing, not being initiated into the mysteries. Of course, I was through sacramentally, but catechetically, uh, you know, that hadn't really started much yet. We did have good catechists, um, and, and eventually that was part of it, but it was really through being an altar server and um, learning about, I remember one of our training sessions, he showed us the monstrance. I had never seen the monstrance before because uh, with, with Father Reiser, I don't think we ever had adoration. It was, he grew, or he was formed in a different time and, and it just wasn't something that we mm. did, but it was kind of something that was brought out of the closet um, or the, in the sacristy there. And we started using it for adoration. I remember learning the difference between a paten and, and a chalice and a ciborium and all of these things. Um, but like I, I said as well, just the way that, that Father Sullivan brought meaning to the tabernacle by bringing it back to the center, veiling it, um, using beautiful things in the sanctuary to show the value of them of, of, and the value of what, what is taking place in the liturgy. That, that helped to communicate to me um, the significance of it. Along with that, I didn't talk about this earlier. Um, you know, our family, we, we th- went through some, some difficult times. My, my, uh, my cousin, Mark, he was born with cystic fibrosis. Um, it's a, it's a condition of the lungs. Um, and he had suffered through, throughout his life with this condition. He's about 10 years older than, than I am. Um, I remember visiting him in the hospital before Father Sullivan came to be our, our pastor, he had been the chaplain at Children's. So he was very familiar with that kind of environment. I don't know if he had met my cousin before that point or, or not, but I do remember when he was our pastor, he would join us up there at Children's uh, to be with Mark and w- with our family. Uh, fast forward a, a few years um, when I was getting to know Father Sullivan better and uh, Mark's condition had gotten worse, he had had a transplant, a, f- a full lung tr- transplant, had had one of the best years of his life, uh, but then his, his body began to reject his, his lungs, the, the transplant, um, and he eventually died because of that. And there Father Sullivan was with us again, just to remind us of, of the Lord's presence in our suffering. You know, there, there were also joyful moments, the same. So the parents of, of Mark, um, my godfather, Jim, Uncle Jim, and my, uh, my godmother, Missy, 
they would always host uh, gatherings for, for Christmas. And so Father Solomon was there in joyful times too, uh, Christmas Eve. He'd always join us, um, have some eggnog between masses, you know, and uh, just uh, share time with, with my family. So he was, he was a part of, of our family. He really was in good times, celebrating Christmas and, and in bad when we needed to be reminded uh, of Christ's presence um, in our lives and that, that he was with us and, and suffering with us and helping us to carry that, that horrible cross. So that, um, it started with a liturgy, um, being introduced into, again, the, the mysteries that, that we celebrate, the sacred mysteries that we celebrate in the liturgy. But it was also along with that accompaniment that uh, we called it in, in campus ministry, I was involved in campus ministry at Catholic U, we called it ministry of presence. And that's what Father Sullivan did really well, just being present to us um, as a family. I think he enjoyed spending time with us. You know, he wasn't just seeing it as, the, as ministry, but, but he was also... Um, it was very clear that when he was with us, um, that we were reminded of Christ's presence uh, with, with us as well. So um, he, he was there at, at other times, you know, when my, my grandmother was sick and, and eventually died. Um, I remember Father Solomon was there to, to lead the rosary. He was leading the mystery of the resurrection um, at the moment that my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. You know, different moments like that. Um, uh, Father Sullivan was, was there to, to remind us of, of the church's presence and, and of Christ's presence um, and, and of his um, walking with us. So the, the seeds were kind of there, um, mm-hmm. and then you, went, you go to Catholic University of America in Washington, mm-hmm. and is that kind of where the dis- more formal discernment began? Yeah, I think that's a good way to, to put it. I, I had visited the Josephinum, I think it was either when I was a freshman or maybe even in eighth grade. Uh, a freshman in high school or in eighth grade, uh, there was a come and see weekend. I didn't stay for the weekend. I think it was more of like a day visit. I don't know if I had sports or something, you know, but I, I was there for a day. I, I think, um, I think another, another guy who ended up being a priest, um, was, was on that, um, was, was, I'm trying to remember who it was now. Um, so long ago. So anyways, there, there were some people who persevered. I remember seeing a brochure, I think, in, uh, I don't know if it was in the back of church or what, or maybe my mother saw it in the bulletin. I can't remember how it started, but she, um, she was always very supportive in taking me places. My father was also supportive, but I guess, um, more from behind the scenes, it was, it was always something that, um, I, I never had any trouble, um, talking to them about it. Um, and my, my mother was always, um, very, affirming and, and taking me to, to those kinds of different events. So yeah, we'll fast forward on to, to Catholic U. So I, I, went to, I went to the Josephinum for that visit. I remember thinking, what a beautiful place. I can still remember the, the smell of incense as we went to one of the chapels. It just seemed like a holy place, right? <laughs> um, but I wasn't ready since I hadn't gone to Catholic school before. I hadn't studied th- theology or, or um, you know, I had, I'd gone through CCD and I had gotten confirmation, you know, maybe just a few years before that. I, I wasn't ready to make the jump, right? Mm-hmm. But I still was very much considering the priesthood uh, as, as where God was calling me uh, to follow him, how he was calling me to, to follow him. So I decided I'd apply to only Catholic schools, Catholic universities, 
and and that I would first feel it out kind of intellectually. Do I even like studying this stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because why would I enter seminary only to decide later that I, I didn't understand a whole lot about discernment and how it creates an environment for that as well. But um, so I, I went to um, a few visits. I went to Ohio Dominican to visit. It was a little too close to home. <laughs> and I remember actually the, the person who was showing me, I, I know it's it's a wonderful place, but the, the person who was showing us around um, didn't know where the chapel was. So that was kind of a um, a difficult moment because that that's one of the first places I wanted to, to visit. Um, again, I, I've been there before, uh, or, or I'm sorry, sorry, since then. And I know there's, there's a lot of faithful people and actually a, a another fellow parishioner from St. Coleman uh, ended up going there and she found it a very nourishing environment. So I know it can be that, but it was really, it was just too close to home. Mm-hmm. I want to go a little, I want to spread my wings a little bit. <laughs> so I, I also looked at Franciscan University, um, but again, a little too close to home. <laughs> I love the campus. I love the Portsuncula Chapel there. Uh, adoration was offered regularly. Um, I had family in, in Washington, D.C. And so I, I, I thought maybe Catholic University, I had heard about it, but I'd never visited. Well, my, my senior year of high school, I went on a March for Life trip there. Father, Father Joachim and Father Han were on the trip. It, was, it, was, it, it left from uh, Chillicothe, but there were, um, there were parishioners that came from all over. We went to, um, uh, we, we went to Washington DC. It was one of those overnight trips mm-hmm. where you le- leave really early in the morning and then you get there. Um, and I remember uh, when we got to DC, uh, one of the first things we did was to go to the National Mall and then we went straight to the Basilica. Um, and I had never seen the Basilica, uh, the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception before, but being there, which is, it's basically, for those who don't know, it's on the campus of Catholic University. It's where I graduated from actually the steps of, mm-hmm. of, of the Basilica. I really felt Our Lady calling me there to, to Catholic University. I hadn't stepped foot in a classroom or in the library or in the student center or anything, but I was there in the shadow of the Basilica or maybe even just under the dome and just looking around at the beauty of the place. And I thought, wow, this is, I think this is where God wants me to be. So again, kind of attracted by beauty um, to the university and thinking, well, if if they can have something as beautiful as this in this place, there's, um, I think it would be a place of prayer it is uh, super Catholic. You know, there's all this Catholic imagery everywhere. Um, and Our Lady is present, you know. Uh, devotion to Our Lady uh, is, is ever-present with the Basilica kind of looming over everything on campus. So I, I went there. Um, a really helpful thing that, that I found, um, maybe a lot of people don't find this in, in college campuses nowadays, but... I, I found a group of, of men who were also trying to live out the faith in the Knights of Columbus. Mm. So there's a group of knights that were all college age, um, led by a chaplain who's a priest uh, who had also gone through the Knights and uh, discerned a call to religious life, but lived in the area. So he kind of led us, uh, Father Frank Donio, a great, a great friend and mentor to, to me even to this day. Um, I, I had that nourishing environment and I had that community and I had friendship uh, that, that really helped to form me um, and, and helped to challenge me. So I wasn't, I think before that point, you know, my brothers, they, they would go to mass and everything, but they didn't take things quite as seriously. So to have that really formative environment in the community, um, the, the brotherhood was really helpful 
in and continuing to, to form me into a disciple. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Father, um, for joining us. Um, you've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship, and I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me has been Father Brett Garland, um, and again, we thank you for joining us. And until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.